0: On today's Spotlight on KRWC, we've got a rescheduled visit with District 877 Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Scott Thielman. And, Scott, good morning. Happy New Year to you.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year to you, uh, Tim, and and everybody else, um, uh, your listeners and our community.
0: We um, normally talk with you on Tuesdays. I had a little conflict there, so we're happy to get you rescheduled here for today. We've got uh, a fair amount of things to talk about here as the new year unfolds
1: it does i think is uh, we were t- um speaking off air i think that was the first time in 11 years that um we have missed our our tuesday meeting yeah. other than when we <laughs> taped extra uh session
0: exactly so. yeah well we're yeah, glad so that's uh, glad that it worked out we're more than happy to to uh move it to today um, 2021 uh, unfolding here with uh, some different things for not only District 877, but really uh, all districts across the state as this ever-changing uh, COVID situation continues.
1: Yes. Um, it, just as uh, an update or um, a recap, currently um, we are in a, a learning model that we had to change uh, beginning November 30th. Due to um, staffing um, issues with our with our um, teachers and paraprofessionals, um, they were um, we weren't able to find substitutes, and we had to change um, our learning model uh, because we didn't have staff to continue with the with the model that we had implemented. So prior to November thirtieth. We were in-person every day with our um, elementary students and preschool students, and then in a hybrid model for our secondary students, 6 through 12. Um, Because of the staffing and not having enough substitutes, we had to change our learning model. And on the 30th, we changed to a... um, uh, a hybrid model for our elementary students and a distance learning model for our secondary students, and we made that change um, with the understanding that we would um, continue that model until the end of the uh, first semester, and that end date is um, January uh, 28th. Uh, it's a work day for our teachers on the 29th, and so. Uh, The 28th is the last day of the first semester, uh, 28th of January. And we begin a new semester on February 1st. Um, I bring that up because right before the holiday break, um, I think it was uh, the governor had a a press conference and uh, indicated that school districts can change learning models beginning January 19th January 18th is a holiday uh, there's no school with Martin Luther King jr day and um, we are able districts throughout the state are able to change their learning model for elementary students without going through a consultation process with the Minnesota Department of Health and Minnesota Department of Education and Wright County Public Health for in our, our county health um Uh, professionals. So um, we uh, indicated that uh, due to that announcement from the governor, we are going to change our learning model sooner rather than later, and we will begin our uh, kindergarten through second grade um, elementary students and our pre-kindergarten students will return to in-person learning um, we'll still have to continue with an early dismissal. When we changed to a hybrid model, we had to uh, dismiss our early, um, elementary students um, a bit earlier. We're going to have to continue with that model um, of early dismissal. But um, we will have uh, the ability to bring in uh, students in what they called a rolling start format from the Minnesota Department of Health, where we can have three, to, uh, three grade levels at a time. And as, we're, as we speak, um, things have changed a little bit with the uh, Minnesota Department of Ed, and we continue to seek uh, clarification on how we can roll in these uh, grade um, bands. But right now, our, our plan is to bring in uh, kindergarten through second grade and pre-K in person um, on January 19th through the 28th, and then our elementary students um, in grades three through five would continue in the current hybrid model. Um, At the secondary, those students, uh, grades six through 12, will continue in a distance learning model until the 28th. Uh, As I said earlier, January 29th, there's no school. It's the end of the term for kindergarten through grade 12. Uh, February 1st, um, it is our plan that all elementary students grades K through 5 and pre pre-kinder, um, kindergarten classes are going to be in person. And then they would, um, our elementary um, classes would return to their regular dismissal time of 2.25 in the afternoon. The goal at that time is that our grades 6, through 12 will return to a hybrid model. And that's a Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday online as we had to begin the year. Now, I say that's our goal because we have to get approval from the regional support team that is made up of um, individuals from the Minnesota Department of Health, Minnesota Department of Education, and uh, the County Public Health uh, Department. Um, we'll be speaking with epidemiologists, um, provide information for them uh, regarding our current plans, um, and, and they'll have to approve our ability to implement and return to hybrid on February 1st. If all goes well on that process, then um, we'll be looking at uh, two week later um, after President's Day on February 16th, then the goal would be to be able to roll in our secondary students um, into an in-person learning model. Um, And there could be a day in there where we need transition for uh, furniture movement and planning, but um, we haven't um, finalized that yet. And then if everything worked um, well by March 1st, Um, The goal would be that we would have um, kindergarten or pre-kindergarten through grade 12 in person, um, which we haven't been able to do uh, all year. We've always had a split model. So um, that's kind of a a big-picture overview of of what's happening in our schools. Um, We have new protocol right now. in that executive order, they um, referred to uh, our staff having to wear um, a shield and a mask. Currently, everyone wears a face mask. And um, in the original order, it was that folks, uh, our staff, would have to wear a face shield and a face mask. Um, we've gotten um, some clarification on that since my uh, letter to parents. um that um, it's strongly encouraged but not required. So we'll be um, looking at uh, those uh, guidance and guidelines as um, as uh, we continue to move forward, and, and that was to, to go into effect on January 19th. Um, our sports and activities, um, we continue to... Uh, get direction from the Minnesota State High School League as they're working with the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, At first, we weren't going to be able uh, to have um, all the practices begin on January 4th. Um, There was an announcement that January 4th practices can, um, for sports and activities, can begin uh, in person. um, And now, um, and at that time, the pools could not be open. Uh, we have since had um, guidance that allowed those pools to open uh, this week on January 4th. And, um, and then they'll um, begin um, uh, activities and competitions um, uh, later on as, as they're going through that, that process. Um, we are um, exploring and, and revising uh, quarantine guidelines as outlined by the Minnesota uh, Department of Health and the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Um, and it's in certain circumstances where uh, families can... Um, um, quarantine for direct exposure while in school, if they if they had to quarantine for a period uh, for a direct exposure while in school on the bus or in child care or outside of their family, um, they could do so for 10 days if and only if students can maintain six feet of physical distancing when in school. So this would only be applicable during a hybrid learning model, um, but If there was um, exposure to uh, someone, direct exposure to someone within a family, um, or in a household, um, the quarantine period of 14 days would remain in effect. Um, We continue to make sure that our families have uh, access to child care and uh, kid care throughout this process, and. Um, we are working with our families. Um, it's complicated as we bring back just pre-kindergarten through second-grade students. If they have siblings in grades 3 through 5, um, they may need child care within our, within our schools and um, uh, through kid care or even child care um, within our school buildings at the elementary level. Um, we've made it um, available so that they can ride on the bus with their siblings rather than just on their off days. So a lot of moving parts with all of this, Tim, um, and trying to make sure that we accommodate our parents and families as much as possible and making sure that we have the best learning environment for our students.
0: It always uh, strikes me as kind of um, uh, a situation where you've got uh, about – 15 or 20 plates on a stick, you know, where you're trying to keep them all spinning and you never really know for sure. It has changed so many times already, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Very encouraging to to have this uh, model where we're getting back toward in person, but uh, we'll see what happens here.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, we're, we're an organization, uh, uh, an entity that... Um, works with, um, you know, planning and preparation for, you know, three months, six months, a year, 18 months out. We're always planning ahead and trying to make sure that we um, uh, have uh, great experiences and uh, the best learning environment for our students and and work environment for our staff. And obviously, in this pandemic, Uh, it changes by the day. Um, We get an announcement, and we have to react to it and put policy or procedure in place um, within, it feels like minutes, (laughs) but uh, within hours. So um, It's been um, uh, 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 I should say uh, probably a Herculean undertaking as we have so many moving parts, and I just can't thank our staff enough um, for their their dedication and um, making sure that we can meet all of the guidelines and the requirements um, every time uh, something is announced.
0: Every district is a little bit different, and of course, uh, to some degree, each district you know within some parameters can kind of um, you know reevaluates what their individual situation is. I'm wondering. If, you know, if you meet or discuss uh, with any other districts about our size, um, you know, what, is there such a thing as, hey, here's what's working, what's not working, or is it kind of really case-by-case basis?
1: We do uh, talk to, um, leaders talk to each other and find out, hey, what's working with you and how are you able to do your model um, there are districts um, just down the road that are close to our size in uh, St. Michael, Albertville, and Monticello. And every district is different in building capacity and the number of rooms available. So some districts, because of the number of, of rooms available, were able to do a hybrid four days a week and have one day off. Um, we were not able to do that. So it is... Unique and different um, for each district. Uh, we're trying to offer the same, um, the same number of minutes or the same level of um, in-person um, opportunity, but it is um, sometimes uh, restricted by just uh, physical uh, spaces within within a district. Um, I think. For For all of us, we were able to um, really lean on each other to come up with uh, disinfectants and sanitizers and different things like that because um, as we were beginning to open, we had to comply with all of these um, requirements from the health department and the CDC And it's something, quite frankly, that we hadn't ever had to um, deal with. So everybody was working and pulling together on those uh, elements. And then, um, you know, throughout the state, having weekly um, uh, meetings within our regions, within our um, area and county, and then a statewide to talk about common issues. And how uh, you can address those issues. In our case, and most cases, um, because additional planning time was granted to to staff, uh, while in a hybrid model, we had to adjust the start or the end time uh, in order to work that into our day. Um, I think that was pretty common throughout the state. So uh, leaders were able to talk to each other to find out. How how are you able to um, accommodate that? And um, some districts had more uh, minutes in the day, um, and could could make that adjustment. And within that uh, that time frame, and most had to adjust their their end time or their uh, beginning of the day time. Those are just a couple of examples of how we try to work together as much as possible, but. Uh, every district is is a bit unique, and in in what their capacity to to make these changes.
0: District eight seven seven superintendent Scott Tillman, our guest on today's spotlight, kind of going over all of the uh, COVID guidelines. You also have some information about the uh, Emergency COVID Relief Act, too.
1: Yes, um, I, I ju- again, I want to thank um, Wright County and. Um, when the first um, the first dollars were available to uh, school districts, um, the counties also received dollars in the CARES the CARES Act, and um, the county, uh, Wright County, quickly realized that the amount that was allocated to them um, was in excess of what they needed, and they offered uh, assistance to school districts because. Obviously, in a district like um, Buffalo, hanna Romantra School District, we have 5,700 students and um, and almost 800 staff, and being able to prepare and have all of the sanitizers, all of the cleaning equipment, all of the things that were put into place very, very quickly this summer before the school uh, year began, um, they... Uh, provided additional um, assistance to school dist- school districts within Wright County, and so we're very appreciative of them. And I would also um, thank the um, Buffalo Township. Um, they were uh, they recognized um, that they had the allocation and um, and it exceeded their needs. And it was uh, available to them also to transfer to uh, the school district. So we thank the, uh, both entities for their support and uh, being able um, and helping us to be able to meet the needs of our students and staff uh, as we opened. So um, that was the first round of the the CARES funding, and then right before um, the end of the year. Uh, the president signed um, a COVID nineteen recovery package or COVID relief act of 2020, and there are some dollars within that um, that relief act that are going to be dedicated to uh, uh, K two or um, K two education, as well as higher ed, and and there will be dollars in there for childcare and Head Start and even uh, for the Governor's Emergency Education Relief Fund. So um, we don't have the details on that, but again, um, we're hoping that it gives us a little bit more flexibility. Um, We're um, looking at how those funds will be allocated by state, because obviously there are bigger states and larger states um, regarding population, and the number of students that are enrolled in in their school districts. Um, I believe we're about close to 900,000 public school students in the state of Minnesota, and obviously that's going to be more students in the state of Minnesota than the entire population of North Dakota or South Dakota. So they'll they'll have that... um, um, allocated uh, out by state and then by school district through a vehicle. And we're we're under the understanding that we will have um, uh, about $54 billion dedicated to K-12 education. But if it's like the dollars that were um, allocated previously, it cannot be spent on current expenses. It had to be... um, Things that had to be done above and beyond what the what the normal um, year would be, um, our yearly um, uh, expenses as we create our budget. So um, there could be some more uh, clarification on that as we move forward, because um, we I don't I think I've mentioned to you that. Uh, in most public school districts, we had um, parents choose to homeschool instead of going through a distance learning that we offer for all of our parents um, that uh, um, when, when parents choose the homeschool option, um, those funds um, don't go to the homeschool families but they also don't go to the school district. And when we uh, create a budget, it's based on our projected enrollment. And we have a history. We have spreadsheets and, and um, software applications that take into consideration the history of our enrollment, and then that helps us project out to the future based on county birth rates and enrollment um, in, in, in person right now and then projected kindergarten in, incoming kindergarten students. So in our case, this year we we had f- um, uh, over fifty fewer kindergarten students who enrolled, and that has a big impact on the on the budget. And we had over two hundred um, parents who are students who enroll uh, homeschooled. So right there, those those two um, events. Um, have a tremendous impact on, on a budget because we didn't just cut staff. Um, we still had to provide distance learning. We have to provide the hybrid. We have to provide um, in-person uh, as we're in and out of these models. So it will, um, we'll have to see how these dollars come in and how they may be used because that might help us to offset and then we're hopeful, and are reaching out to those families, um, uh, hoping that they'll return to the um, Buffalo, Hanna, Romancho School District, and um, and we know that we have great programming for their children, and um, we have dedicated staff to make sure that they have the um, the best experience. So, um, in the Emergency COVID Relief Act, we are grateful that we have. Um, additional funding coming in. We're just not really sure how that um, can be applied uh, and we'll be getting uh, additional information uh, in the days and weeks ahead.
0: District 877 Superintendent, Dr. Scott Thielman, our guest. We have a couple of topics to uh, touch on quickly in the time remaining. Um, Kind of a redone or new uh, school board will meet for the first time coming up.
1: They will. Um, we, as I um, stated in the last, um, last time we had to meet, we, we have two new board members that will be joining us, uh, Amanda Lawrence and Adam Bjorklund, as well as two returning incumbents, uh, Melissa Brings and Sue Lee. Um, every um, January, uh, the board is required to have an organizational meeting, Uh, determining um, officers of the board and that has been done every year Um, first first meeting in the month of of, uh, January so we'll have our special board meeting it'll be um, a short board uh, special meeting and then we'll have the the regularly scheduled uh, workshop Um, and in that special meeting they'll have a new board chair It'll be the first uh, new chair since 2016 because um, Mr. Dave Wilson um, was uh, had been the the board chair um, during that time, and he also served. Um, he, he was off for just a, a few years, um, and then came back to the board, and um, when uh, upon his return became the chair again, um, and I believe he was chair from. 20, 2008 uh, or nine through 20, um, 2013, and um, and then left the board for a few years, and then came back. So uh, first time that we'll have new leadership uh, at the chair uh, level in um, in about five years. So um, the board will choose their their chair, and um, we will also have uh, an opportunity to for our new members um, to be on uh, standing committees within, within the board. And so, as I said, that goes on every single year, and um, we welcome our new board members and our returning board members, and um, we'll look forward to uh, new board leadership uh, on uh, Monday, January 11th.
0: All right, and then lastly, you've got some recognitions and a couple of other notes here.
1: I do. Um, Just quickly, I want to congratulate at at the at the board meeting um, on December fourteenth. The board had um, uh, uh, accepted the retirement notification of our our current activities director, Tom Bauman, and we thank Tom for his service, and he'll continue with us. through, uh, through the summer, um, but he wanted to uh, inform the board and, and administration that he w- of his intent to retire, and the board accepted his uh, retirement notification, and also at that time um, uh, appointed the, um, uh, upon the recommendation of Mr. Mischke, the um, Buffalo High School principal, um, the appointment of Assistant Principal Nick Guida as the next BHS Activities Director. So congratulations to Mr. Guida taking on a new role. Um, Mr. Bauman was in that role for 21 years. And um, Mr. Guida has uh, been with the school district uh, since 1997, and he was a physical education teacher as he began his career with um, Montrose Elementary and then uh, many years uh, at the Buffalo High School um, um, PE uh, team and stayed until uh, he transitioned into a, um, an administrative leader and uh, ultimately um, as uh, an assistant principal with um, with the high school. So congratulations to uh, both Mr. Bauman for, uh on his announcement of retirement and then to Mr. Guida as our new incoming uh, activities director uh, beginning um, for the 21-22 school year. Um, and I just have a couple of um, quick announcements. Uh, families who have uh, a child who would qualify for the District's Gifted and Talented Program, the Quest Program, are invited to uh, join an info night on January 11th, Uh, so next Monday at 6.30 p.m. It'll be um, a, um, uh, I believe it's a virtual meeting, and there'll be a link to the meeting on our district website at um, www.bhmschools.org. With the turn of the new year. We're already thinking about the start of next school year and welcoming in our uh, 2021-22 kindergarten students. And um, many of the registration nights for kindergarten happen at the end of February and beginning of March. So um, we um, encourage uh, families and listeners uh, who have grandchildren or uh, um, your listeners who have uh, children who would be eligible for kindergarten this year to um, check out our, our website. We'll be reaching out to um, parents also to let them know about the, um, the uh, kindergarten registration and eligibility. Um, we do begin um with Discovery Elementary Info Night on Tuesday, January 26th at 6.30 p.m. because it's a lottery choice uh, program. So um, they'll have um, an opportunity to hear about Discovery uh, Elementary's um, learning model, and um, then they'll be allowed to apply, and then they'll have uh, a lottery uh, drawing on uh, in February. Um, and then just a lot, one last reminder that uh, January 12th, next, um, next Tuesday, is grade eight parent night for um, incoming uh, ninth graders to Buffalo High School. Um, my son is a senior this year. I know it was very informative um, at that time when we attended with our, our son, who was an eighth grader at the time. Um, normally that's obviously in person, uh, this this um, uh, this year it will be an online event, and um, Buffalo High School and the middle school will be sending out information to the families of 8th grade students. And again, that's on January 12th, um, Tuesday, and it'll be a virtual event. So that's quite a bit, but I wanted to um, thank you, Tim, for the opportunity to reschedule and make sure that we... Um, uh, communicate with our community and let your listeners and our community know what's happening in, in the Buffalo Hanover Montrose School District and how we keep moving forward every day.
0: Of course, always a pleasure. Uh, and we'll talk again uh, coming up here in February. Thank you, Tim. All right, thanks. All right. District 877, Superintendent Dr. Scott Thielman, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC.